0: Welcome to the week ahead podcast where we preview the upcoming week and we hone in on some of the main things that investors should be mindful of that could actually move markets as well. Uh, Today, I'm joined by Ryan Felsman who's my colleague and senior economist. Welcome, Ryan. Pleasure, Steve. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you for asking. Um, It's been obviously a massive week and a lot has happened in markets in recent times. So quickly just taking stocks, stock rather, we've had four straight weeks of declines Still some uncertainty about how things might end this week, but it's been generally a bit more positive. Central banks have been in focus, and we've had quite a few of our big resource stocks trading XDiv, which has been a wait. But in the upcoming week, what do you think the highlights likely to be here in Australia?
1: Well, here in Australia, there's gonna be a couple of standouts. So the first thing will be the confidence survey. So we're gonna get updates from Westpac and Melbourne Institute on consumer confidence. Mm And as we know, consumer confidence has been broadly at quite depressed levels in recent months, and that's on the back of rising interest rates, cost of living pressures, and 80% of respondents last month expect another one percentage point move in interest rates higher, which is really weighing on sentiment. And respondents with a mortgage were particularly downbeat on their finances versus a year ago at just 55 points mm-hmm. in February, so that was a license since the mid 70s. So Look out for the response to the latest Reserve Bank rate hike. And also at the same time, there'll be an update on the wisest place for savings. So expect to lift in cash or term
0: deposits. And that's on Tuesday. Um, and the jobs data, that's gonna be another massive one, isn't it? That's out on Thursday.
1: Well, that's right. So the jobs data comes out on Thursday. And of course, we've had a little bit of a setback on the jobs front in Australia the last couple of readings. So in December, we saw The loss of 20,000 jobs in January saw 11,500 jobs shed. The Reserve Banks put that down to seasonality Mm. and obviously hours worked had fallen because of extended annual leave around the Christmas New Year period. The consensus was for 25,000 jobs to be added during the month of February, the unemployment rate at 3.7% unchanged, as is the participation rate. We've got a slightly more optimistic view at the Commonwealth Bank. We think that the recovery or rebound will be 45,000 jobs, with the unemployment rate steady at 3.7%, and the participation rate lifting slightly from 66.5 to 66.6%.
0: And this is going to be an interesting one, isn't it, Ryan, because you've, as you pointed out, we've had two um, sluggish months, I guess, for employment um, consensus, as you pointed out, 25,000. Um, and we've had other economic data as well in recent weeks, which has been a little on the weak side from economic growth to monthly inflation data. So do you think there's a possibility here, especially with the Reserve Bank just slightly opening the door potentially for a pause to rate hikes sooner rather than later, if we do get a really sluggish reading. How do you think markets might interpret that?
1: Well, certainly if we get another negative read, then we'll be off to the races on the pause front. But if we get a stronger than expected outcome, if we get the 45,000 that we're predicting the Commonwealth Mm. Bank, then then certainly we may see another rate hike in April. Mm. At least markets are currently pricing in a terminal rate or a peak rate of 4%. But Just before then, it'll be interesting to see what the labor cost numbers look like in the NAB business survey on Tuesday. We have seen labor costs decelerate from 3.6% in August last year to 2.6% in January this year. So we have seen an easing of those labor costs, which is something that the Reserve Bank will look at. It is concerned about the potential for higher wages on the back of a tight labor market. So that'll be something to look out for as well.
0: And turning our attention to the US, that's gonna be massive as well, isn't it, for, for markets. Um, what, what's on the cards um, in the coming week?
1: Well, certainly inflation will be front and centre. We get updates on consumer, producer, and also trade prices. So the most important reading there, obviously, will be the consumer price index on Tuesday for February. And we have seen a bit of a disinflationary pulse from the goods sector starting to really diminish somewhat. So we did see that pulse quite strong as supply chains healed and also less online purchases after lockdowns. And what we have seen is really inventory levels approaching levels consistent with demand in the course of the last couple of months. So that disinflationary pulse from the goods side of, of the equation mm. is going to diminish, which means that what we need to see is greater disinflation on the services side. And that's what's been tricky to to get down. We have seen very buoyant services activity. Certainly in the United States, shelter and rent inflation remains buoyant and also quite sticky. What the US Federal Reserve looks at is the Core Services X housing rents number and that's something to look out for in the read.
0: It just rolls off the tongue, Ryan,
1: that one. Certainly <laughs> does, yeah. So overall, the monthly number for February is we're expecting a lift in inflation for both the headline and core of 0.4%, and easing in the annual growth rate of headline from 6.4% to 6%. Remember, that's three times above the Fed's target of 2%, and the core reading annualized will probably only ease from 5.6% to 5.4%. What this all means, of course, is that markets are now pricing in an 80% chance Mm -hmm. of a 50 basis point rate hike from the US Federal Reserve in a couple of weeks and a terminal rate or a peak rate of 5.6% by the end of this year. So certainly a lot of focus on inflation in America at the moment.
0: And it's quite remarkable how quickly things change on this front. Because days ago, the market thought the most likely outcome would be a 25 basis point hike or a quarter of a percent, and now that's completely shifted to, uh, as you say, 75, 80 percent chance of a 50 basis point hike. So that's one reason why we look at this, inf- these inflation stats as well, because it could have quite an impact on what the Fed does with interest rates in a couple of uh, a couple of weeks' time. So in the in China, our largest trading partner, it's also going to be quite busy, isn't it?
1: Well, that's right. So we get the monthly activity data for February in China, and what we have seen with the reopening of the economy there is some better purchasing manager surveys. So that high frequency data that we have seen recently has seen the manufacturing survey the strongest in about a decade. So that's encouraging from an industrial activity perspective. Also, services activity has rebounded. But the big focus for February will be on retail spending. Mm -hmm. Really, the domestic demand and consumer is really likely to drive China's economy this year. We have heard from the National People's Congress in recent days where they've got a growth target of 5 to 5.5%, thereabouts. What we need to see is that retail spending really pick up and that's proving tricky at the moment because there's weak confidence in China after COVID lockdowns and also incomes are being impaired by higher unemployment as well. So we're expecting retail spending at 3.5% year on year up from minus 1.8%, so turning positive. We think that industrial production will lift 2.6% in February compared with a year ago. That's up from 1.8% and fixed asset investment, however, will ease a little bit from 5.1% to 4.5%. So really the consumer is the key focus in China at the moment, although at the same time, uh, industrial activity is important. We did see some weakness on the import trade front, which suggests that external demand for Chinese goods remains quite weak at the moment. So that's a challenge for the Chinese policymakers.
0: Yeah, that's interesting too. And, and it's as far as our market is concerned, obviously every time we've seen economic data or the growth target in the last couple of weeks, it has had an impact in some way or another on our resource stocks. And that's partly because China buys a third of everything that we uh, uh, exports essentially, half the world's metals, 70% of the world's iron ore. So that's why we watch that so closely. Um, Dividends will also be something else to watch. Um, The number of large companies trading ex-dividend very much dying down compared to what we've already seen. But now the attention is going to shift to dividend payments soon, isn't it?
1: Well, that's right. So as you mentioned, so this forthcoming week, there's about 23 companies trading ex-dividends, so their shares could be lower. There are some notable names there. Breville Group, Eagles Automotive, Ingham's Group. They've been in the news for higher chicken prices mm-hmm. recently. Uh, TPG Telecom, Ostel, IGO, and Carsales.com. So that will be a focus and the dividend payments and payouts over the course of the next few weeks, particularly at the end of the month, mm-hmm. where we see those payments really increase. And then we have about 30 companies releasing their earnings results. Less well-known names, a lot of companies which are predominantly miners, smaller ones at that. So they will still be interesting to see how they're performing. But of course, Life360 is always a favorite, particularly for parents tracking their children's whereabouts.
0: Perfect, and daylight savings, another one. This is more, more important, I guess, for those trading the or investing in the US markets because uh, daylight saving time kicks in over in the United States. Uh, and uh, this changes trading times for some. So the closing time will be, uh, or opening rather, 12.30 a.m. Um, Eastern Daylight Time or Sydney time and the market's going to close at 7 a.m. rather than 8 a.m. Sydney time. So just good to be mindful of uh, in about three weeks' time. That's going to push back an hour um, back as well, of course, when daylight saving ends, and sadly, here in, uh, here in parts of Australia. So thanks very much, Ryan, for your, uh, your assistance and talking us through all that and have a great week ahead.
1: Pleasure, Steve. Thanks.